All right, so things are starting to be starting to come into perspective, and certain things are just being brought to my attention. I talked about this last vision where Lele was in it, and she said, "You know, Chris Brown put some girls on you, right?" And I had already known, and it's it's amazing how I know these things, but I don't really like know these things. But it, another thing had been brought into perspective when a previous vision I also talked about with my cousin was in a car with NLA Choppa. He transformed into NBA Youngboy, but I knew it was NBA Youngboy because NBA Youngboy would never show up like that. Plus, I saw him first. But all I know is I noticed that my sister was in a car too in the backseat. I was sitting next to her. But it was my in my cousin's body. My cousin, she was just, you know, hanging out. And it looked like she's on... They showed me her Instagram. She was going shopping and having threesomes and all kinds of stuff with this guy. Now, he said something about, like, kicking her out and, and her finding her own way home. And, you know, I was doing everything I could to make sure that she got home safely. But I was thinking to myself, if he's going to put her out, she need to get out right now. I don't really trust him to get her home safely. And we'll make sure she's okay. But then it was like this whole thing where it's like, no, you're not about to put her out that car. And she stayed in the car. But then he said something about like, well, she's going to have to take off the whole top of this block for me then. And then that's when he looked in the rearview mirror and looked like young boy. And I think that that's when it's him, that was him trying to warn me. Like, that is what you've been saying to us that he is doing to you, you know, in order for you to be associated with him. I never wanted to be associated with him. It just, this stuff is just, I think, happening or or. or you know, showing up at my doorstep because, of course, God, but because I believe like, my family members may have fallen for her. No, I don't believe that they have ever fallen for her, but maybe it has something to do with them. But all I know is, you know, I was made to check on my cousin, and when I was in her mind, it was so many different levels of it, and I've, I've known this for a while. It's different levels in your mind of these things. It's the conscious level where you're conscious of the things that's going on, which is why I said I've been trying to figure out information and get an understanding of the stuff that's going on. Because it's like I'm not conscious these things are happening, but it's like my spirit knows. And so they're trying and testing your spirit. They're in a place where you're not conscious because your conscious mind is going to reject these things. But your spirit can be, you know, manipulated you know, if you don't fight, and the only way that you can fight this is with the power of God. You cannot fight this alone. So I was in a part, a portion of her mind. And when I was in that portion of her mind, her mind was like, no, you know. And then the other portion of her mind was like super scared, you know, about killing people. And then another portion of her mind was, you know, moving with no intent or purpose. And then another portion of her mind was just wanting to be around celebrities and wanting to hang around and wanting to be, you know, just happy to be with Italy Chapa. Another 
portion of her mind would have just went for it, you know, because this is celebrity, he got money, and I just want to be associated. And then another portion of her mind, you know, could have been manipulated, and that was the portion that they had me target. And I realized that that is what they are doing to me. That's what they possibly have done to my sister. That's what they're possibly doing to my brothers. And the only way to fight this is with God. You have to put your heart and your mind on God at all times. So when they said, came up to me and said, you know, know, he brought these girls on you. A portion of my mind knew that already. But my conscious mind was not aware of that. So when she said that, it brought things into perspective. And I saw my dad and I saw that he hadn't been able to, you know, sit down or eat. For a while, they were starving him and overworking him. He was doing it all to protect me, all to help me, but they always want me to believe that my dad is against me. He may have different portions of his mind that he has to, you know, that they are maneuvering through in order to manipulate. At this point, I don't believe anybody, you know, actually intended to, you know, sacrificed me to the devil but they manipulated them and the lord had already shown me that like this is not your family (laughs) you know demons have taken over your family's bodies and your own too and we're fighting for ourselves back and you know on the day of the deliverance you know what i saw was a flash of me and my sister at five years old we didn't have many moments like this but we did have moments like this when we were very Scared when we would get very, we would fight all the time, and it seemed like we were always at odds with each other. But we, at one point, a few times, you know, like two or three times our whole entire lives, we got so scared that we would just hold on to each other and cry, and we would just protect each other in that way. That's the flash of what I saw when I had a fight for my sister on the day of the deliverance. I realized that this means that. When it comes down to it, you know, real love, true love, God that's in you is deep inside of you. And it's about those moments. It's about the moments where, you know, you had to face the world and real love had to shine through. You guys, you know, didn't think or hesitate for a second to think about who you loved. It just shined through. It just clicked. When things got really bad, when things got really serious and y'all were really in danger, you just held on to them and you didn't think about it. It's just your love. Your love did that. That is God. God is love. So I realized that that was was needed in order to fight this battle. So that's what's going to be needed in order to, you know, win it, win this war. So I'm seeing that, you know, Satan was my brother. And we have been at odds a lot of times throughout our lives too. Or maybe, you know, we have been selfish in a lot of different ways. It's going to take for that real love to shine through. Like that moments. And I may not remember right now if we had a moment like that. But we, we definitely must have been around, being around each other our whole lives. It's going to take for that moment to shine through in order for him to be saved. It's difficult. It's difficult when you can't even remember, when you can't even, or when you are just so accustomed to acting a certain way or being a certain way about certain things. It's hard for you to let go of pride, vanity, arrogance, sin, 
and temptation of sin. It's hard for you to let go of these things that you believe are yourself, but it's really these demons that possess you. It's not you. But God knows the real you, and that is the real you. The real you is just love. So when, you know, Chris Brown was brought up, immediately all I could think about was, you know, first of all, to not be so quick to judge because at the same time that we are, you know, overtaken by our own selfish desires and pleasures and wants in this world could be the same thing for him. He's only human. You know, his real love has to shine through somewhere and it does when it counts, you know, or what it does count, but I wish that it could shine through more, but whatever it is, what it is. But all I know is, you know, you have to keep fighting for that no matter what. You can never let that go. And so I was just reminded of a flash of, you know, just information on Chris Brown. Like, what real issue have I ever had with him? Not a real issue, but I do understand that Rihanna has been around me recently. And she has been, you know, trying to get me to, you know, kind of like denounce NBA Youngboy, just like cut all ties and just, you know, accept him as an abuser because that's what he is. He is an abuser, but I couldn't do it. The reason why I couldn't do it is because the Lord is found deep in this situation. He is, and I possibly am being manipulated a whole lot more than I should be as far as this goes, but the fact of the matter is, it's that small chance, it's that small light and that small glimmer that you may not have, nat- you know, natural access to, but it's there, it's inside of you, and it will shine through when it matters. And the Lord has given me a word on him, and I just have to stick through that word. If I was to completely disregard him and walk away from him and just, not even walk away from him, like, but just completely just disregard him, but what happen is I will be disregarding, you know, the word that God has given me. And I'm, I hope I'm not putting too much on that. But all I know is it's that small chance and that small piece or portion, which is really so much bigger than the devil wants you to know, is God. And I realized in order to take Rihanna's side on this as much as I want to, because I am tired of being abused. I'm tired of being around abusers. I'm tired of being in abusive situations. I'm tired of fighting for these things that I don't feel that matters more than God, but they don't care about that. You know, oftentimes it's not, it's just not enough fear of God, but I can't judge them, especially seeing what I'm going through and how I have to deal with things and how no one can understand why I do the things that I do in this situation where it seems like, just do this, just do that. You won't have to go through this. You won't have to go through that. Like, some people call me stupid. Other people call me... Some people call me stupid. Other people call me, you know, weak. Some people say I want to be raped and abused. Other people say, you know, they could have done a better job. Whatever the reason, you know, I couldn't, I can't take these, these deals. I can't walk away from this small chance because what I will be doing is disregarding this chance. I will be disregarding God. 
if I disregard God, that's exactly what Satan wants. And it comes looking like everything you needed. It seems like that's God's hand reaching out to you and saving you from a situation you've been praying to be delivered from. But it isn't. It isn't if you have to disregard something that God said, even in the smallest way. So I'm working on it. But I know that when it's like a forever thing where it's permanent, it's a permanent decision, then you know you cannot take it. I know I know I make a lot of different decisions every single day that are that's sometimes disregarding God, but if it's a permanent decision like I'm done with this forever and I'm moving forward without it, that's not a good idea. Irregardless, I had seen, you know, the Rihanna was a part of this situation a few times, you know, throughout this process, you know, it was a I talked about this, it was a it was a time where we were supposed to fight and she didn't fight me because what I said was, why do we have to fight? Why, why, why do women have to be pitted against each other? It just doesn't make sense for us to have to, to, have to fight. Even though I understand I'm on the side of God and you may not be, you know, she has shown up as a worm and the Lord was saying that, this is what she looks like on the inside. On the outside, she's so beautiful and so wanted. But on the inside, she is a worm. And it was a big, like, you know, like demon, like worm. But the thing was, like, I still said, yeah, maybe you are what you are. And I'm supposed to, I guess I'm supposed to at this point fight you. But I, I just don't want to fight you. I don't I don't even want to fight any of these people. I don't want to fight Beyonce. I don't want to fight Megan Thee Stallion. I don't want to fight Sweetie. I don't want to fight Maniaya. I don't want to fight Jania. I don't want to fight India. I don't want to fight, you know, I don't want to fight a lot of these people. They have pitted me up against each other. They're pitting me up against these women. And this is like, you know, some sort of way of initiation or a way to prove that you are the toughest or the baddest or that you can hang or you can handle yourself. And I don't want to have to fight these people. And Rihanna was the first and only person out of all of these women that that actually was like, we don't have to fight. You're right. We're not going to fight. And we both walked away from that fight. But it feels like we've still been pitted up against each other and fighting it ever since, though. Not ever since, because for a while, I held on to that. But the more it got brought up, the more they pit us against each other. But she showed up and she extended her hand twice to me. Like, come with me, you know, more like a Fenty. She said, I think it was, I was offered a Fenty model deal as a, a, a deal as one of her Fenty models. But I couldn't take it because that would be making a permanent decision. And... I know I'm wrong a lot of times, and that's, that's you know, really the real reason why I'm still having to, you know, deal with these different situations because I'm still my sin. I'm still backsliding. I'm not being everything that God called me to be. God has not failed me. God is not, you know, God is not weak. He is strong. Nothing is too hard for him. He has my back. He is always who he says he is. He never changes. It's just that I'm not being what I'm supposed to be. I change. So, you know, with this situation, I had a lot of questions. I wonder, you know, I, I, I noticed how much of a 
power these abusive men have in this situation where they're able to pit a lot of women against each other and have us fighting despite the fact that that was never our heart's intent. So I wonder how Rihanna has avoided it. And the thing was, you know, also it also was exposed that she still kind of can't and it's not fair. I don't think that is fair. Yes, she's a billionaire. Yes, you know, she's a, you know, she's not married. You know, it seems no one has any control over her, but they can still pit women against her or make her fight women, you know, and it's not fair. And I just, I just didn't think that that, that whole, this whole entire thing was fair. But as far as Chris Brown goes, I wonder how, you know, close in proximity they are with each other. And, you know, something that always kind of like would alarm me is the fact that they could be around each other and it would be no beef, but it still doesn't feel right. And, you know, it feels like he's just always going to have some sort of control over her, power over her. But at the same time, he never will. And I don't understand it, but I know that this will, you know, come together and make more sense. But another thing about Chris Brown, he showed up twice. My sister used to have the biggest crush on Chris Brown. She said that they were married and it was like really idolatrous. And, you know, the Lord kept me from that type of stuff. But that doesn't make me better than her because I was kept. You know, it's not by our goodness, but by God's goodness alone. And so in this situation, you know, Chris Brown has shown up twice. One time he showed up, he was in a room, he was like acting all in love with me and stuff. And then it was like something happened where this woman showed up. And I was, like, sinking into a couch or something. Uh, just all kinds of stuff. And another time he showed up, you know, he was in his car, driving his car. And every single time, he was driving so crazy. Like, he just had no regard for me in a car. And then kind of, like, challenging me. Like, oh, you're scared? you scared? And then I would say, Jesus, please, please take the wheel. Jesus, please take the wheel. And every time I said, Jesus, take the wheel, he was pushed out of the driver's seat. And it was invisible. It was like someone invisible was driving a car. But I was being fought like, you know, why are you doing that? That's that's so corny. I thought, you not scared? I mean, you scared? I thought you wanted me to drive. Ain't we cool? Aren't we cool? Like, I thought we were cool. I thought this was okay. Like, I thought, you know... Like, I thought this, you know, I thought you felt safe. Not even felt safe. Like, you scared, you scared, like, you scared not to feel safe or something like that. But all I know is, like, every single time I said, Jesus, please take the wheel, he will be pushed out of the driver's seat. And it was invisible. There was nobody there. But he was sitting there in the middle of the, of the driver of the car and, like, he couldn't get back in the driver's seat to drive. Every time he got back in the driver's seat to drive, he would still drive so crazy. And then he ended up kicking me out of the car, and I was just, like, walking. But then, like, something happened where I I still made it back okay or something. I don't know. The vision ended. He even pulled back up and was like, oh, we cool and stuff like that and, and try to, you know, pick me back up. But I was just like, you know, this... 
I think I, you know, I, I probably deserve, I won't say nobody ever deserves this, but I probably deserve this understanding, this deeper understanding on abusive guys and abusive relationships. Because oftentimes we say to the woman that she should have known better or you can't help her until she wants to be helped or, you know, she's going to have to realize that for herself or, you know, she keeps choosing them. I don't feel bad for her. And they don't understand the severity or the nature of the abuse in these relationships. These men, these men are extremely manipulative and they play mind games where, you know, you are literally trapped. You're trapped. And every single time you're trying to stand up for yourself, different things happen. You can never predict it. It's unpredictable. It's like one day it'll be your family being threatened. One day it'll be your life being threatened. Another day it'll be, you know, just go. Nobody cares. Nobody needs you and leaving you with nothing. Another day it'll be take everything and go. Another day it'll be, you know, I never was here. You never were with me. You know, this. you made it all up. You're crazy. Like, it's all different types of, you know, abusive, like, just, it's abuse. And you always blame yourself, but it's never you. And I don't want to say, well, that's the thing. I want to say it's, you can't say it's never you. Because you can't be wrong. You're not perfect. But to blame yourself is exactly what they want you to do. They want you to say, oh, it's never you. You never do anything. You know, you do this and you do that. And it's really your fault. And I've given you the chance. And I've done everything to help you. And the worst part about, I think the worst part that I've noticed about this abusive situation is the fact that, you know, besides the fact that they have a lot of people, a lot of men, actually, and women who will support their abuse of you. The worst part tends to be the fact that they will say that I actually love or care for you more than anybody ever would. This has been the biggest key detail in this entire situation I was going through because a whole entire year before this stuff started happening to me, I was in a car praying and I was shown a vision where I'm in this, you know, limited edition, like Bentley or Rolls Royce or some type of expensive luxurious car like that that has to be that has to cost like a million dollars or a couple million dollars and it's you know customized so you know that you have to be at least like a billionaire in order to own this car most people rent it and it's customized so you know that you own it and I'm in the car and I have all this jewelry on that's worth probably hundreds of thousands of dollars and I look very gorgeous like I'm in my dream body and you know i'm i've accomplished everything i've i've wanted to accomplish like in life as far as being a producer a director you know a singer an actor you know the head of the industry and everything done right you know up underneath me like no one is being abused sexually or mentally or having to sell their souls to the devil or anything everything done under god and he sits across from me, this guy, sits in the shadows across from me, which is NBA Youngboy. And I know it because it is his, you know, uh, silhouette. It's his silhouette, but it's dark. 
and he's hiding in the in the shadows and he's saying you know I have this feeling that my family betrayed me beyond you know it can never go back to how it was it can never be how it was my family has betrayed me and he says to me I love you more than your family ever anybody in your life ever has loved you and the idea is that I ran away from my family I got away and I became everything I ever wanted to be but it's like then I can feel this love from him it's like he loves you he worships you you know he you know he treats you like like just this queen and you know he's super famous, but you're way more famous. Like they they want and love you way more than they you know than even him, and you have accomplished and established everything yourself without him first, and then you'll meet him. And it's like, but why am I meeting you now? Then you know things don't make sense or add up. And then when I woke up, it said like it was this word like nobody can change this. This is set in stone. No one can do anything to change this. And my, I think my first question or one of my first questions would have been, why would anybody want to do anything to change that, you know? But, you know, this is before I had ever felt that my family would have betrayed me or anything, but things were already getting weird. My sister was sitting right next to me in a car speaking on the phone with someone talking about exactly what I had just woken up from. I heard her say, yes, yeah, she just woke up from it and stuff like that on the phone. But I was still being blocked out from hearing or paying attention to our conversation like they were controlling me mentally and then I heard in the background my brother say it's not going the way that they think it's going and you know it seemed as if they were standing around and kind of like trying to make this happen but I never trusted the set in stone part because I just don't feel that's how God will operate and then I never seen a future vision like this of my future ever. In my whole life, God has shown me so many different things, but he never shown me anything like that on the level. But that was his presence there, and I knew it was. So it's confusing and conflicting. Like, you, like I don't understand why would God ever want me, you know, why would God have me with someone who I'm not meant to be with? But then, you know, also... The fact that he said, I love you more than anybody in your life ever would have, ever could have. That right there, for me, I was like, if I'm not mistaken, I like, if I wasn't crazy, like, if I'm not crazy, I would have thought that that's what an abusive man would say. To pull, like, you hear the stories, they pull you and isolate you from everybody in your entire life so that they can abuse you in peace. You can't do what they 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 get to do and it's not about being smart it's not about knowing what you're worth it's not about being a fighter and not being strong enough this is like like it, it just it's 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 on so many different levels and how women when they finally make it out of these situations you know they it feels as if you know, they never really make it out. But if they do make it out, they call themselves survivors. While other people, the whole world judges them and say, you know, how are you a survivor? You got yourself in that situation. You didn't do what you were supposed to do as a woman. You were supposed to avoid that. I would have never been in that situation. That would have never happened to me. I would have never let that happen to me. And 
they believe like they really believe that but I don't judge anybody who who feels that way because at one point I used to say that I used to think that stuff too so sometimes I wonder if this like I've reaped what I've sown by judging these women so be careful be careful when you judge other people be careful when you feel like you know and be careful when you feel like that could never be you because these situations are very interesting how they pick their victims it's like it's you always hear like they know exactly who to try that with and they they it's not even that's not even the case either that's not even the case like you know it's like people say this is the kind of women that they prey on they prey on these kind of women and that kind of women and I don't know because sometimes, you know, survivors say that too. Like they know exactly what kind of woman to prey on. But at the same time, being in this situation, I just wonder because I think I kind of feel like, you know, it could be anybody. Never think it can be you. I'm not the kind of woman that can happen to. That would be the worst thing that you could say. Especially when this is, we live in a world of a lot of men who will support the abuse of you, who will support the abuse, control, and manipulation of your entire life. They will support it. Like, I've had so many different, I've seen so many visions of different men who pay to see me beat down and to see me lose and to see me, you know, be abused. They pay for it. Like, you ask them to support or stand with you on standing up to your abuser and then someone they want they will never respond they won't even talk to you they will laugh behind your back or play in your face but you but as soon as somebody says oh but you can pay to see her abuse more right now they put up money for it they put up money for to see a woman abused and beat down and I would even want to say that oftentimes this happens with women who they are in competition with or they feel challenged by or they just want to steal your power from you. But I don't even know if that's necessarily the case either. It really has nothing to do with the women. So that being said, excuse me, I see it from an entire different perspective, even though I still have to fight. But, yes, there is an entire, like, it's almost like the whole world who really support this. And you think, like, isn't that a bit of an exaggeration? The whole world? Yes, the whole world is an exaggeration. But a majority of this world is okay with this or in support of this. Or will not stand up for you will sit back and watch it happen or laugh at you and pretend as if they could have done a better job in your situation. This is true. Like, this is really true. And I was just thinking about, you know, why would Chris Brown see me as a target? You know? And I've been told in this process, like, you know, I think that God has raised you up in order to stand up for, the, you know, the women who have been abused and taken advantage of. And, you know, now you are fighting these abusive men and forcing them to change instead of the other way around when they force all of these women to change their lifestyles in order to appease these men. But I don't know. I don't ever want to take any credit. You know, I, I believe that I've always been that inside of myself, but I feel like I am, 
you know, just the lowest of the low. I feel like I am the weakest of the weak. But your power is made strong in, in your weakness. God makes you God makes you strong in your weakness. And sometimes he calls you to be the lowest of the low in order for you to save the highest of the high. So that's God's way. He's going to place you in the lowest position so you can understand why, how important and how serious it is to fight for each and every single possible situation concerning these matters. You know, if you think, oh, I'm over here, I only got to, you won't understand what it's like to fight for someone who's way down there. You have to understand what it's like to fight for someone who's way down there. So, I feel that way. But all I know is I didn't have any idea that Chris Brown was involved before she said this. But he did show up for a second. I saw him. And what he did was, with Lele, you know, she was trying to, she was having a fit. And she was being disrespectful and disobedient to her mother or parent or whoever. Like, I'm hungry and screaming and acting like a brat. But she was not a bad person, I could tell. She was being manipulated. And I felt that, too. And I was fighting for her for a second, but I realized they all were surrounding me. Like, you better not. Like, they're all ready to jump me. And all I know is, like, I heard them for a second manipulate her mother. As soon as she was, she wanted her way, you know, as soon as her mother would say no, they would manipulate her like it would be so many different things like either they would abuse her beat her beat her down tear her down or seduce her so I noticed the seduce part that's what they wanted me to see they didn't want me to see all the other tactics because they're still using it on me and they laugh they all laugh they just they think it's so funny it's like groups of men who sit around and they talk about this and they have plans for to have you abused to the day that you die and you never having known it walking away from everyone who really loves you making you believe that none of these people really love you and there are women who are right on board with this in support of this going right along with it but you know, they are also manipulated and abused and controlled. I've seen it. But the Lord still says that this person can maybe be saved. And this is something I've been wondering about because throughout all this process, what I really want to do, you know, what my heart just kind of wants to gravitate towards is hating this person and hating people like this person and believing that they don't deserve life here. But, you know, that's how the Lord works. Forgive to be forgiven. You know, it sometimes it will hurt so bad to get you to, you know, to feel like, you know, so the Lord, you know, would think that my sins are equal to what they're doing to me or that somehow I've did something, I've done something to deserve to be in this position. And the fact of the matter is nobody ever deserves the things to happen to them. But it's, but also at the same time, you also have to take into account how you're not perfect. And it sounds just like the same manipulation, abusive tactics that these men use. But it's just like sometimes you just have to disregard these things and overcome emotion in order to see it the Lord's way. And so that means forgive them. And so maybe that's the reason why this person has a maybe. Because, you know, the Lord sees all sin as equal. He's not going to say, oh, they're way worse for what they did. 
that one is way worse for what they did. I love them a lot less. He loves us all equally. But I noticed a few things with Chris Brown. And it matches up with this situation. I see that there's like a whole thing about protecting certain people's reputation and, you know, coddling these abusive men. Oh, but they grew up in an abusive situation and they were abused growing up and they don't know any better and they really don't mean it and, you know, different things like that. And then also I noticed also a pattern with the idolatry of Michael Jackson and always feeling like you missed out on your childhood. You know, I've also noticed a pattern with that in these men. Now, this Chris Brown, he was like, I was suspicious of him. But I also was one of the people who would be like, you know, nobody ever talks about what Rihanna did. But I still didn't blame her because I feel like you just don't know that situation is just, you know, it just sketchy to me. But... All I know is, all I know is like, I just wanted to stay out of it. I wanted to stay out of it when I saw it. And I kind of did. I didn't really take sides. And sometimes I wondered if it was even real. Like, for the longest, I really thought it was really just a publicity stunt or something of that magnitude. Like, it's way deeper than what it looked like. This is not really, like, this was all... Uh, set up. It was all a. It was all a show. But it's you know at the same time you got you just got to de- think way deeper than the surface. Part of me felt like you know it's a setup and it's a show, but maybe it was a setup and a show to expose what she had already been going through behind closed doors for so long, things that you would have never seen. But this was just the, you know view like this was just the for the public eye to see you know and attempt to expose the situation so that the world can know you know because that's what it feels like is really going on spiritually these things are happening for years and under you know under wraps being abused on a whole nother level than just seeing her get her face beat in and you know this was just like the view of it to see and test the world out to see you know or or allow it to be exposed to the world because this stuff is already happening a lot of people are already aware possibly way long a whole a whole way way long before you know you saw that that scene with them in a the car and it just didn't it feels so fake and set up but i said the same thing about tupac's death and you know, it's it's different. It's where you have to think on so many different levels. But I saw a few things that was very peculiar to me. Well, the girl, you know, girls would show up to Chris Brown's mansion, to his home, with their luggage, you know, right outside his gate. And they would show up there and be standing outside like they were invited. 
And that to me just, you know, felt like, you know, as a celebrity with all the protection that you have and all these different things that you have in order in order for things to never reach your door, how do these women show up with luggage expecting to move in as if we're really supposed to think that someone's really that crazy? I didn't believe it. From the jump, I didn't believe it because I said, you know, now I won't discredit that people are that crazy out here in this world. But... You know, sometimes things are hidden in plain sight because out of all the women who this individual possibly, like this person is supposed to be a heartthrob and this person is supposed to be so wanted and sought after. And out of all the women that they could be with, you showed up at the door with your luggage expecting to be let in. And we're supposed to believe that you're just really that crazy or stupid or dumb. I don't, I don't believe it. Something's going on there. He invited you. He invited you. He made you believe that you could show up like that. No, like, I'm not stupid. I never believed. I'm like, no, she's there with her luggage, and she's sane enough to pack her luggage, get to your, you know, get to her location safely. With all her stuff and her cell phone in her hand, she's maneuvering, and she is you know, functioning properly enough to, ha- to to actually do all of this. But we're supposed to believe she's crazy enough to believe that she was going to be let in and you didn't invite her. I never believed it. So this happened three times and it hit the news with Chris Brown, which makes me feel like with everything that I've been, ex- you know, everything I've been exposed to lately, it makes me feel like he's boasting and bragging about what he's doing and getting away with it. And no one does anything about it. No one cares. I know no one cares about me. So, you know, these things are just crazy, but it's happening all the time. All the time. Like with the Dirk situation and how India sold her soul for him. And throughout this process of what was happening, I thought that they were already married and they weren't. And I thought that, you know, Tammy and Waka was already married and they weren't. I thought that, you know, and Waka actually came up in this process too. I thought that um, it was somebody else who I believe was already married and they weren't married yet. When it comes to mine, I'll, I'll, I'll add it. But all I know is like, then it was a video of this girl who actually was in Chris Brown's house butt naked with her luggage and everything. Her hair was crazy and wild, no makeup. She looked like a young girl, and she did have a crazy look in her eye, but that looked like, to me, she may be just taking some drugs with you. But I didn't want to assume anything, but all I know is on the video, he's laughing. And he's saying, look at this crazy AB, get out of my house. Y'all, I just came back. I just came back from, like, everybody know I was just, like, on tour and all this other stuff. And this B was in my house setting up her luggage and stuff. Like, talking about this my house. And, you know, welcome home and stuff like that. And I said to myself, well, how long has she been there? And and the thing is, he was saying on the video, and I don't know, it seemed like she only been here for a few hours. I'm about to call the police on this B. And he's laughing. And he's acting like, now he's pacing, but he's just not acting surprised enough to me. He's not acting surprised enough, but I didn't automatically hold that against him because I said, you know, 
maybe this happens to him a lot. It seems actually it, it it does. It's coming up in the news like two or three times, but at the same time, something about your demeanor makes me feel like you have a lot more to do with this than you're admitting on this video. And it feels like she's the unsafe one, not you. And the girl is sitting on the stairs and she's looking like around like is this real? Am I really here? Is this real life? And her hair is a mess. Like someone who really was crazy, you know, enough to believe that they would just move into your house with their luggage and everything as your wife. Would they come with all dressed up and done up hair, makeup, and all this other stuff for you? Would they show up with their hair on top of their head? Like, and it even looked like he even beat her up or something. But... You know, she was sitting there looking like wide-eyed, and it looked it so weird. But, you know, he called the police on her, and he said, I had to give her some clothes because she was here naked, in my house naked. And what is so crazy is how in this process, like, it feels like, I'm required to be naked, like, all day. Like, even being kind of convinced to go outside naked and show up places naked, like, just weird stuff like that. And, like, I feel like I'm exposed to the world. Like, the whole entire world has seen me naked. Like, everybody has seen you naked, so you shouldn't even, like, don't act like nobody hasn't seen you naked. Don't act like, you know you know, just laughing at me while I'm naked and stuff and humiliation tactics like that and just different things like that in order to make me feel comfortable being naked out in the world. And then I can't do my hair. I can't do my hair. My hair has to be like sticking up on the top of my head at all times. And then I can't wear makeup. I can't get my nails done. I can't go out to like restaurants and just eat in public. I can't go on dates. I can't have friends. I can't live a normal life. And I have been convinced or like, like there's been so many different efforts on so many different occasions to convince me to just show up at NBA Youngboy's house. And I'm like, I would never do that. Why would I ever show up to his house? No, I got better sense than that. But I'm fighting these different things all the time. And so I noticed a pattern. Not to mention, you know, Dirty Diana, Michael Jackson. Chris Brown cried so hard on stage about Michael Jackson the day that, you know, Michael Jackson died in tribute to him. And he said that he was so inspired by Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson was just like, you know... He's just like Michael Jackson. Everybody was saying, oh, Chris Brown is just like Michael Jackson. You know what? They said the same thing about NBA Youngboy. NBA Youngboy is just like Michael Jackson. He, he They never say he never had a childhood, but they're kind of insinuating it. It's like Michael Jackson. It's like, you know, they're really cool. And, you know how Michael Jackson had that woman who would always show up to every single house Michael Jackson was lived in. She would show up and she had kids and she said, these are his kids. These are Michael Jackson's kids. And she would, 
you know, she was supposed to be like a big stalker, but she never was shot on sight or anything like that. She knew, you know, to be at certain houses, as many houses as Michael Jackson had, she knew to be at which house he would actually be at. Like she was never at a house he wasn't at, at the time. Climbing up the walls and trying to get in the windows. But we're supposed to believe this woman is just that crazy and savvy, but you are able to actually fend off real assaulters, like assassinators. Like no one's going to assassinate Michael Jackson, but this woman can climb up every house he's in at the time. She's always able to find and and be at every concert, wherever Michael Jackson is at, she's there. She's getting close enough to even give him a hug and a kiss. But nobody else, like a big dude or anybody like that, would not slip through. And the thing is, people are supposed to be like, well, that's how she can get off. That's how she can get through. And that's how she is making this stuff possible and happen. Because she's just a little girl. No one would expect it. She's just a little woman. They're just going to let her through. No way. No way she's getting access to this information like that. This stuff I pay attention to, I don't trust it. And then he makes a whole song about her. And this song ends up being like one of his biggest songs. And he's denying all allegations of the baby. And the thing about it, it seemed like to me, like, you are guilty. Guilty. Because doesn't it seem like, but I don't want to assume anything that it seems like, because it's almost never what it seems like. But doesn't it seem like, you know, if it really was a random woman, out of all the people, out of how big Michael Jackson is, all the people in the world who would say, I'm having Michael Jackson's baby. Doesn't it seem like out of all these different allegations that you wouldn't have even paid, you know, thought twice about this woman who decides to call yourself herself your baby mother? But at the same time in the song, he does speak about how he tried to ignore her. He tried to get away from her. He tried to leave her alone. He tried to you know, get rid of her, but she just won't go. She crazy and she just, you know, attached to him that much. And it doesn't seem like anybody should think twice about it because who isn't attached to Michael Jackson like that, right? Look at all these people who are just like, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, right? But at the same time, though, my mother has always told me, or you always hear from the older woman, now, these men out here will tell you that a girl is crazy when she shows up to, when she's chasing after them or when she's always calling their phone. But no woman is act like that for no reason. These men are giving them a reason. Now, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to automatically assume that that's the same thing for every situation. But I'm just, I'm just like, man, like, old wisdom is always the best wisdom. It's always the best wisdom. The same things you grew up on, you end up finding out these are what end up being true. Regardless of what it looked like, even though every situation is different and specific, regardless of what it looked like, this is what it ends up being. And it's crazy to me because in this situation, you know, I know all this person's business and I don't know how. I don't even leave the house. I don't stalk this person's social media. I'm not, you know, all up in his business like some fans are. Where they know all this stuff about him and they find it on the internet. Like... Right before he got locked up, excuse me, right after, right before he was about to get out of jail, all I know was, you know, I I got a, like someone said to me, and I believe it was him, 
I'm about to get out soon. I just thought I just wanted you to know that. I just thought I should tell you. And I'm like, you never were locked up. You've been here the entire time torturing my freaking mind. You're not even in that prison cell. Your body is, but you're not. So I don't even understand why that should matter to me. And then I was asking about that. I'm like, how are you in all these different places at once? You're locked up in that cell. They have you there physically, but spiritually you are following me around everywhere I go and torturing my whole life. And trying to get me to sell my soul to Satan. So that does not matter. None of that matters. You know, y'all are trying to pay me big money to sell my soul and let this go. And all I know is, you know, I'm always made to feel like I'm crazy. Like he he's able to disappear and act like he was never here. Like I made it all up when he feels like I'm actually going to get away. But when he doesn't, he just continues to torture me and tries to make me feel like, you know, whether he is or isn't here. And I saw him in his cell, laying in his cell one day, even though, you know, I had asked the entire time, like, show me, show me you in jail, show me you in jail, show me you in jail. And I kept asking that every single time, you know, I knew it was him because I wanted to see, like, how are you in jail, but you're here? How are you? You're super free. Like, you're everywhere, anywhere you want to be in anybody's body at any time. But you're locked up in that jail and it doesn't matter to you. I know it doesn't matter to you. Like, it means nothing to you that you're in that jail right now. Because you're wherever you want to be at. You're not really even locked up. So. I just thought this was so crazy that I'm going through this. And now, you know, all I want really is to try and prevent this from happening to someone else. But it really starts to make sense and add up when it's like I'm finding different, you know, words from people who have been, you know, in deals with Satan or dealing with Satan. There's this woman called Erica Mukisa. Her book is 18 Years with Satan or something like that. And she talks about how she used to go to schools and recruit young girls who are virgins and find all this information about them. And then she would take them to the concerts and these artists would have sex with them. And then they would steal their destinies by stealing their virginities. And then they keep talking about and she says later on in life, they'll end up in a psych ward crazy or they will just be so stagnant. They can never move forward in life and they can never grow or they'll have a baby without the father. Like their entire destinies are ruined. And, you know, then there's this. There's this thing like, you know, where in the process of this, they was calling me a recruiter. Like he's a major recruiter of these girls and they're using your power to recruit girls in order to do to do this to them. And also, you know, they even call my sister recruiter for getting me because it seemed like my sister was in this first before me. And all she ever says is, what you think I'm about to, you know, after everything I've been through, you think I'm about to let y'all just run off and be happy together? And he always tells her that he really likes her more. He really loves her better. 
But the reason why he can't be hers because she's dark skinned. And not that. And on the day of the deliverance, what this demon said to my sister, she said, you're so ugly, disgusting. Look at your body. I would never want you. You're dark skin, you're this, you're that, and all this other stuff. And he said, I never really even wanted you, but I was sitting there on my knees begging God for six hours in order to get her back. If you don't want her, then what is you making me do all this to get her back for? And then he said, she's crazy. Nobody ever wanted her. Nobody ever, you know, came on to her or liked her or anything. But she would not be doing all of this for you if that weren't true. I know my sister, even if I don't know all these rest of these women or all these other situations personally, I do know my sister, though. And they're like, you don't even really know her. No, you don't even really know her. And she'll always take their side, though, because, you know, she's under that spell. But, you know, he he controls these women around him to fight people, to abuse people. And that's why I'm fighting and doing everything I can not to be used as the same type of pawn. But I almost don't even have a choice because he's threatening my family. He already threatened to kill my sister that day. And as much as it took, it's like this stuff is very real. And, you know, threatening my mother, threatening to kill me. Like, oftentimes he even threatens to just take my power that God has given me and just leave me without it or 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 I die or something like that. And I feel like when it comes down to a possibly the only reason he even has a maybe it's because he gives me an opportunity to fight. That's what he said. He said, the only reason I have a maybe is because I'm actually giving you an opportunity to fight for your power back instead of just taking it and leaving you. Because I can't just take it and go. But I don't believe that because the whole time they try to get me to believe that I didn't have power, I didn't have a chance, or I didn't have the ability to fight for these things back, and they can't get rid of me. They've been trying to get rid of me. They can't. So, you know, and God already gave me a mission and showed me my future. So I don't even believe that he could just take it and go. Like, even though it feels like sometimes it feels like he really can just take my power and just go. And I have to do whatever he says. No, that's just what I believe. Like, I don't, he could never just take my power from God and go. I don't believe that. But maybe that does have a lot to do with why he can't be saved. And even still... In the process of this, I've seen, in the process of this, I've seen that a lot of times, you know, our fate is dealing with these individuals and these individuals uh, uh, being allowed to have or take whatever it is that they take from us because we are not living or uh, in obedience to Christ. When we're not being the women we're supposed to be in God, then they have the right to our futures and destiny in God. And in order for you to be able to keep it, you have to become Everything you're supposed to be in God. Otherwise, they'll take it and you'll go to hell. So, it's sad to me because it still feels like these men still have so much more leeway than women do. Women can't do that. Women aren't allowed to behave in that manner. Unless, of course, they sell their souls to the devil. Women aren't allowed to get away with that and still have a chance with God. But these men are. And sometimes I want to be feel resentful for it, but I know that that will be my my consequence. My consequence will be resentment if I disobey God and don't do the work. So I'm fighting to keep resentment and bitter and bitterness and misery out of my heart. 
in the process, maybe God is doing all these different things where he's exposing these abusive situations and tearing down all that they're trying to build on the backs of, you know, God's children. That being said, I'm blessed for an opportunity. At least I'm still alive. That's what God always says. At least you still have your life. But at the same time, I still have to fight for a life in him.